The Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's The Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to The Sound Kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susan Owensby is cooking. Bienvenue and welcome to The Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 17th of June, the 168th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 197 days left in 2023. Busy week coming up. On Wednesday the 21st, it's International Music Day. As listener Bidhan Chandra Sanyal from West Bengal, India, reminded me in a letter. Bidhan wrote, music has no religion, no caste, no color. No barbed wire fence can block music. I hope where you live there will be much music making and that you'll join in and celebrate. Tomorrow's a big day here, Father's Day. Is it Father's Day where you live too? My daughter is all excited about celebrating her beloved papa, far more than she ever is for Mother's Day, I might add. Ah, daughters and their fathers, and fathers and their daughters. When Mathilde, our daughter, writes us a joint email, there is my address, Mom, and her father's address, Papu, with hearts and flower emojis all over the place. I was nuts for mine, too, so it's okay. I don't pretend to understand men, but it certainly seems as if men are hardwired to become fathers throughout the animal world. I've read with delight recent stories about male birds who want babies so badly they sit on rocks. Yep, rocks trying to hatch them. That's the case for the bald eagle Murphy, who lives in a bird sanctuary in the U.S., Murphy built a nest for his rock and defended it rather viciously, his keeper said, so they moved him, his nest, and his rock baby into a solitary cage. And within one week, Murphy had a baby. No, the rock did not miraculously hatch. A baby eaglet was brought to the sanctuary, and they put it in a little cage in Murphy's pen. They waited a week, and then they opened the eaglet's little door. They put a whole fish in the pen for Murphy and small pieces of fish in the baby's pen. When they looked a bit later, the eaglet's food was still in his pen, but his crop, that's an area under its, the chin where food is stored, was full, meaning Murphy had fed his chick. Dad's rule. Then there's the penguins, the gay penguins. Yes, you heard that right. Nothing unnatural about homosexuality. Even penguins can be gay. This has been reported several times. Maybe the most famous couple are Roy and Silo, who lived in New York City's Central Park Zoo. Just like Murphy the bald eagle, they built a little nest and tried to hatch a rock. There was another penguin couple in the zoo with two eggs they were unable to hatch, so they gave one of them to Roy and Silo, who successfully incubated it for 34 days and then spent two months raising it. This has happened since at many zoos around the world, in Australia, in Germany, and Kent in the UK. The zookeeper in Kent told the BBC, These two have so far proven to be two of the best penguin parents we've had yet. Hey, you know what they say. 
love is love, and a father's love is a father's love. So if you still have your dad, give him a huge hug tomorrow and let him know how much you appreciate his love. And stay tuned. We have a perfect piece of music for Father's Day that you'll hear at the end of the show. This is the Sound Kitchen. Erwan is on holiday. Jan Bordelas has stepped in to mix this week's show for him. Hello, Jan. But Baby Brother, otherwise known as Paul Myers, is right here next to me in the studio. Say hello, Baby Brother. <laughs> hello, Big Sister. And hello to everyone in the Sound Kitchen family. Wow, the two finals at Roland Garros. That must have been exciting to see live. Yes. In a word, yes. 22-year-old Iga Swiatek battling to her third French Open crown at the expense of Karolina Mukhova, who did so well to reach the final. She's 24 and she's been struggling with injuries over the past three years. And of course, in the men's final, Novak Djokovic entering the history books as the winner of 23 trophies at the Grand Slam tournaments in Melbourne... Paris, London and New York, the only man to have won titles at each of those venues at least three times. And Big Sister, we received an insight into the meticulous planning of this alpha performer. After Djokovic had beaten Kaspar Ruud, he went back to his chair, rummaged around in his bag, got out a tracksuit top and put it on. Nothing strange about that. But the tracksuit top had the number 23 stitched onto it. Uh Well, personally, I think Djokovic should have worn the tracksuit out before the start of the match to psych out his opponent. Maybe that wouldn't have gone down well with the fans. (laughs) But anyway, Djokovic has won three French Opens, 10 Australian Opens, seven Wimbledon crowns and three US Open championships. So kudos to the 36-year-old Serb. Amazing game. I watched it on TV and I just kept thinking, and Paul's there. And Paul's there. Yes, I was there. I, I love that, that story of the 23. The power of positive thinking, <laughs> one shall say. Uh, well, he, he had two ways to go, didn't it? As long as it didn't drop out on the way out. Paul's ready to mix in your delicious sound kitchen ingredients. Your answers to the bonus question on the listener's corner, so don't touch that dial. This is the sound kitchen. Sound kitchen. And Susan Owensby's cooking. Ready, everyone? Good and hungry? Because it's time to get that quiz out of the oven. On the 13th of May, I asked you a question about a new French policy that would ban far-right extremist groups from demonstrating. On the 6th of May, around 600 people dressed in black, some of whom were masked, marched here in Paris carrying black flags 
marked with the Celtic cross, a symbol that's been appropriated by white nationalists and far-right extremists in Europe. Their demonstration had been approved by Paris's police prefect, Laurent Nunez. There was an immediate outcry from France's left-wing politicians and activists because several demonstrations against Macron's pension reform had been denied permits. So, Interior Minister Gérald Darmanin stepped in, banned far-right extremist demonstrations, and said he'd let the courts decide if they can be held. My question to you was, what was Marine Le Pen's response to the demonstration? Marine Le Pen, as you know, is the former president of, and now the parliamentary leader of the far-right National Rally Party. Additionally, you were to tell us the names of the two men who worked as treasurers for her party and who participated in the march. Paul, what's the answer? To quote our article, Marine Le Pen, the parliamentary leader of the far-right national rally, said the protesters should not have worn masks. These provocations cannot be tolerated. It's inadmissible, she said, also defending herself against accusations that she was close to two of the participants, Axel Lustau and Olivier Duguay, who worked as party treasurers. In addition to the quiz question, there was the bonus question. What is the first thing you think of when you hear the word patriotism? The question was suggested by RFI Listeners Club member Radhakrishna Pillai from Kerala State in India. You'll hear the answers later in Listener's Corner. So please do stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... Seidel Islam, who's a member of the Nil Shagor RFI fan club in Nilfamari, Bangladesh. Seidel is also the winner of this week's bonus question. He wrote, I feel real patriotism when my country plays a sports match against another country. I bet you are not alone in that sentiment, Seidel. Congratulations. Also on the list of lucky winners this week are M.N. Santu, a member of the RFI Amur Fan Club in Rajshahi, Bangladesh, and RFI Listeners Club members Sairun Bibi from Odisha, India, as well as Zenon Telles, the president of the Christian Marxist-Leninist Maoist Association of Listening DXers in Goa, India. Yay, got it in one breath. Last but certainly not least, there's RFI English listener Deep Paul from West Bengal, India. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. Hey, with Mr. Sports here, the question absolutely positively has to be about the Roland Garros tennis tournament that Paul faithfully covered for us. It's over now, and as you know, Novak Djokovic won his 23rd trophy and has become the greatest male tennis player in history. Pretty impressive title. I'm, of course, more interested in the women. Reading Paul's article, Sviatik Battles Past Muchova, to claim her third French Open crown, it seems it was a pretty intense match between Poland's Iga Sviatek and the Czech Karolina Muchova. 
As you know from Baby Brother's article, Iga Sviatek won her third Roland Garros trophy. She now has her place on Mount Olympus with the other tennis goddesses. Who are? There's your question. Reread Paul Meyer's article, Sviatek Battles Pass to Muchova to Claim Her Third French Open Crown, and send in the answer to this question. What are the names of the three other women tennis players who Iga Sviatek can now claim as peers, as sisters, as equals? Again, reread Paul Meyer's article, Sviatek Battles Past Muchova to Claim Her Third French Open Crown, and send in the names of the three tennis women's champions whose company Iga Sviatek has joined with her 2023 Roland Garros win. You'll find Paul's article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Baby brother, what's this week's bonus question? Well, big sister, it is, what would you do if you won the lottery? If you were the person who chose the lucky number, or whatever it may happen to be in your community, and won pots of money, oodles of cash, what would you do with it? Buy a palace? A chateau? Give it to your favourite charity? Hide it under your mattress? Would you quit your job? What would you do if you won the lottery? Remember, we're happy to hear your ideas for bonus questions, so please do send them in. Baby brother, what would you do if you suddenly found yourself with buckets of money? <laughs> I'd get my house in London fixed up and I'd mm, reduce my days at work and, of course, get some tennis lessons. <laughs> <laughs> And you, big sister? Well, I'd pay off the mortgage on my apartment. Then I'd rent some huge house somewhere and invite and pay for those who couldn't. All the people I love to come hang out for a week or so. And I'd give oodles of money towards girls' education. What about you? You have until the 10th of July to get your answers to the quiz and the bonus question in. Be sure to tune in on the 15th of July to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a miss, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service.fr at rfi.fr You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone Dial plus 336 31 12 That's plus 336 31 12 Always include your postal mailing address and if you have one your RFI club membership number This is Sun Kitchen. I am Jose Baptiste. I come from Guadalupe. Bienvenue. And now more from and about you. It's time for the Listener's Corner. Take it away, Paul. The question you answered for this week is, what is the first thing you think of when you hear the word patriotism? 
The question was suggested by RFI Listeners Club member Radhakrishna Pillai from Kerala State in India. Let's start with Radhakrishna's answer to his own question. He wrote, Patriotism is a bridge connecting a citizen to his motherland. It is a devotion that stirs in every heart. It is not about using your country to satisfy your desires. It is about overcoming greed and a desire for power by giving your all for the honor and unity of your country. Patriotism should never become a concept of hatred and alienation. Mohammed Nazir writes, What comes to my mind is refusing to be sponsored by either a compatriot or a foreign country to damage one's country. I say this because of the bad eggs across Africa who are destroying the continent because of some selfish interests they and their sponsors pursue. Like Boko Haram members and bandits in northern Nigeria, they are not patriots. Tatia Sala wrote one word, jingoism. Unfortunately, that's what I usually think of too. In the US, the people who throw around the word patriotism are the ones who are the farthest from being true patriots, which means loving the country and all its citizens and respecting the Constitution more than having power and money. <sighs> Tatia's sister, Tasneem, was also quite succinct. She wrote, to save my country. Exactly, Tasneem. Dapita Chakrabarti wrote, when the brave soldiers devote their lives in Sichuan Glacier, where temperatures are minus 50 degrees centigrade, to defend their motherland, that's patriotism in my view. Karuna Kantar Powell wrote, Patriotism is supporting, devoting and loving your country, even through the difficult times. Devotion to our country means standing alongside it, no matter what, working and helping to make it better. Patriotism means having faith in your country and never losing that faith. Malik Allah Bashaya Kokar and Rabia Begum wrote the same thing, loving your country. And Shahanaj Parvin Sati wrote one word, loyalty. For Jobayada Akhtar Jai, it's voting. And for Raihan Ali, it's his country's flag. For Mohammed Likhom, it's his country's national anthem. Jayanta Chakrabarti wrote, Patriotism is when one stands up straight to attention when the country's national anthem is played until it's over. This is the respect and honor you can give to your motherland. Um, Gianta, are you referring to the black American football players and sometimes their white brothers who would take the knee, that is, go down on one knee when the U.S. anthem was played before games? Read up on U.S. history from the beginning. How about the first sentence of the Declaration of Independence? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, co-written by a slave owner, the fine Thomas Jefferson. Men as in males, not as in men humankind, and only white men, and only those white men who own property, including other humans. You surely know about the constant killings of black men today in the U.S. to say nothing of inequality in education and employment. If you read up on it all, my kind, peace-loving brother Yayanta, I think you may understand why Colin Kaepernick decided on taking the knee. As he said then, 
After hours of careful consideration, we came to the conclusion that we should kneel rather than sit during the anthem as a peaceful protest. We chose to kneel because it's a respectful gesture. I remember thinking our posture was like a flag flown at half-mast to mark a tragedy. And let's close with a fine example of true patriotism. Father Stephen Wara wrote, I immediately think of Mahatma Gandhi, one of the greatest patriots of all time. Remember everyone, this week's bonus question is, what would you do if you won the lottery? Do you have a bonus question idea? Well, if so, send it to us at the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating. And a special thanks to Paul Myers for hanging out in the kitchen with us. A pleasure to be with you, big sister. This is the Sound Kitchen, and Susan Oinsby is cooking. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many thanks to Jan Bordelas for mixing the show, and thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about the film Inshallah, A Boy. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch, and stay safe, my friends. Erwan is off this week, so it's music from Susan, but inspired by Erwan, nevertheless. A while back, Erwan chose a piece by an ultra-cool Southern American bluesman named Oludara. When I was raving to Erwan about how much I loved his music, how home it sounded to me, he said, wait, wait, Oludara's son is Nas. Nas, I asked. Poor Erwan rolled his eyes and told me Nas is regarded as one of the all-time best rappers. I must admit, I don't know much about rap. Anyway, once Erwan got over his immense feelings of pity for my lack of knowledge, he showed me a video that Oludara and Naz made together. I fell in love, and we both agreed there wasn't a more perfect piece to play for Father's Day. It's called Bridging the Gap, and I've posted their video on the Sound Kitchen and the club's Facebook pages so you can see them interacting. And many thanks to our Erwan in absentia for introducing me to this wonderful work. Talk to you all next week. You see, I come from Mississippi. I was young and running wild. Ended up in New York City where I had my first child. I named the boy Nasir. All the boys call him Nas. I told him as a youngster, he'll be the greatest man alive. Let's go. This rap skit, styles I mastered Many brothers snatched it up and tried to match it But I'm still number one, everyday real Speak what I want, I don't care what y'all feel Cause I'm my own master My pop told me be your own boss Keep integrity at every cost And it's home
was Natchez, Mississippi. We did it like Miles and Dizzy. Now we're getting busy, bridging the gap from the blues to jazz to rap. The history of music on this track. Born in the game, discovered my father's music like French searching through boxes of purple rain. But my Minneapolis was the bridge, home of the super kids. Some are well known, some doing bids. I might have ended up on the wrong side of the tracks if pops wouldn't have pulled me back and said, Yo, yo. Yeah, I come from Mississippi. I was young and running wild. Uh, ended up in New York City, New York, where I had my first child. That's me, y'all. I named the boy myself. All the boys call him now. That's what's up. I told him as a youngster, he'll be the greatest man alive. Greatest man alive. The blues came from gospel, gospel for blues Slaves were harmonizing them odds and oohs Old school, new school, no school rules All these years I've been voicing my blues I'm an artist from the start, hip-hop got in my heart Graffiti on the wall, could've ended in Swarfit Juvenile delinquent But Pops gave me the right type of tools to think with Books to read, like X and stuff Cause the school said the kids had dyslexia In our class I was a compulsive sketcher of Teachers in my homeroom I drew pics to mess them up Cause none of them would like my style Read more books than a curriculum profile Said, Mr. Jones, please come get your child Cause he's writing mad poems and his verses are wild I was born in Mississippi I was young and running wild Moved to New York City Where I had my first job I named the boy Nassim All the boys call him now I told him as a youngster He'll be the greatest man alive The greatest man The great, greatest Tell man him. alive Hey, hey, hey My papa was not a rolling stone He's been around the world blowing his horn Still he came home Then he got grown, changed his name to Olu Come on, tell him about all the places you've gone to I've been to Saudi Arabia, Mozambique Yeah, Madagascar, Paris, Greece Uh-huh The middle Africa is where we live yeah. Better known as Queen Bridge Nah, nah, you don't stop Old Dara in the house, you don't stop Money, water, silent wolf, you don't stop From the blues to street hop, you don't stop Tell them pop Yeah, I come from Mississippi Let them know I was young and running wild Running wild Ended up in New York City Yeah Where I had my first child That's me I named the boy Nassim Yeah, daddy All the boys call him now Love you, boy I told him as a youngster He'll be the greatest man alive You the greatest pop Greatest man alive You the greatest pop Great, 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 great